Hey guys, Rosie here. Welcome to the Red Pill and the Rabbit Hole podcast. Everything you find here is about fine-tuning your awareness and really coming into who you truly are, what you stand for, staying curious and overcoming challenges by being real, raw and unapologetically you. So thank you for being here. Buckle up, let's follow that pill and jump into the rabbit hole. Welcome everyone. I'm so excited because this is my very first interview. I have the beautiful Renee Wilkinson with me and I met Renee about nearly 12 months ago now. Uh, Renee is a yoga teacher. She's a kinesiologist, a meditation guide and intuitive. And I met her on the recommendation from a friend for kinesiology and it was just amazing and as we got talking we realized that we had a fair bit in common in relation to our journey our red pill journey (laughs) and so when I decided I wanted to interview people Renee was one of the first person that I thought of because I was like oh she's awesome and she's gone from a really mainstream blue pill life um, into the red stream well into the red stream into the red (laughs) pill world and is just smashing it Um, so Renee's blue pill life or past life. Uh, she was a script supervisor for Australian film and TV, uh, working on Home and Away, Doctor Doctor and short films. And she's been taking red pills consistently since late 2016. But she first became aware of the red pill world that there was, you know, a different awareness um, when she was 13. So thank you, Renee. Thank you for having me. Here. Excited. So Share a little bit about your journey. So you said when I was asking you before we started this that you first had an awareness about it when you were 13. What was that like for you and then why did you ignore it? Yeah, so since as long as I can remember, I've seen, felt, been aware of other stuff. So energy, spirit, whatever anyone wants to call it, but just within me it was like the sixth or the seventh sense was just really heightened. Um, and it was very overwhelming when I was quite young, but then when about 13 mum in all of her wisdom took me to a meditation class and the meditation teacher, a guy called Mark, uh, was just super knowledgeable and aware of all of this stuff. He, um, is an incredible intuitive person himself. Uh, and he just taught me everything about, um, working with energy, about uh, seeing that there's different things about utilising these skills. So that was kind of my introduction into it and to it being a little bit more normal. Uh, Why I ignored it, though, is because everyone that was around me, I was going to this meditation group every Tuesday night for years on end, but everyone else in the group was like in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and I was like (laughs) 13, 14, 15, and I just couldn't comprehend. I was interacting with all these adults but no one my age was there Mm. or I just felt really weird I didn't want anyone at school to find out that I was doing this like it was just I was uncomfortable with my own skin anyway and this was just kind of validation of being 13 like seriously yeah for sure so it just it just kind of felt like that this very solid fact in my life would have just validated that I was weird um so when I kind of yeah got out of school well, actually, when I got out of school, I went and studied kinesiology. Like that 
it drew me in. It was oh, wow. kind of, so right back then. Yeah, yeah. S- straight away, straight out of school. Um, because for me, that was a way. It was a toolkit to direct these skill sets, these intuitive gifts that I had. It just kind of made sense as a, a physical way to use them. But yeah, when I tried to start my own business, it was just further emphasizing that teenage fear of I'm different. I'm weird. I have to explain myself to everyone. Everyone's looking at me sideways. Like it just, for me at that time, I didn't have enough self-awareness or growth to accept it or move through mm. it. So I kind of reject, well, not kind of, I definitely did reject it. and was like, how can I be normal? How can I fit in? How mm. can I mainstream? How can I not stand out? Yeah. Which for me was leaving Newcastle, going to Sydney and, um, eventually finding myself in TV land, which is kind of glamorized in, mm. in mainstream society. It's like, oh, you work in TV. Um, that's cool. That's exciting. That's really great. Like everyone has this perception around actors and celebrities and all this kind of stuff. So I had social validation mm. that I was Cool. Normal. normal normal yeah normal and oh but not just normal cool cool yeah as well totally yeah yeah so that got exhausting at one point yes what was that like when you were sort of because I think we all go through this stage where we're we're fighting this awareness we're fighting the the awareness that you have that you can question things that you can be curious that oh actually maybe that's that's not actually how it is so what was the point for you when you were like fighting it and you were just like, oh, enough. I just, I can't keep faking it. Not, but you know, yeah. not even faking it, but just not being true to myself. So what was that like? Totally. Um, it was, it was kind of a, a combination of the realization of I wasn't enjoying the work anymore. Like the work I was doing was more so an ego push and I kind of reached as far as I wanted to go and ticked all the boxes and was like, I don't want to go. There was no desire to go further. Mm, I love what you just said there with box ticking. Yeah. I talked about that in my last episode that everything's just in the blue world. It's all about ticking boxes. So for me, I was like, well, met someone, tick, together for three years, right, engage, tick, wait 12 months, get married. Like, so it's just yeah. all these, this box ticking stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, no, keep going. but that's that's totally yeah, that's it exactly is. so. It. I think everyone's kind of in that world, they're ticking off boxes of some description, yeah. And they what smacked me in the face was they were everyone else's boxes, mm. none of them were mine. Yep, <laughs> like, yep. Uh, I think probably the only one that was mine was like living in Sydney. I just had this big urge to live in a city to be amongst that kind of energy, yeah. But by this stage, a few years into it, I was done with it. Like it was yeah. it was overwhelming and too much and draining and yeah. yeah. When did you realise they were other people's boxes, not yours? Um, I think it was whenever – so I had – I became the youngest script supervisor in Australia. Yeah, wow. And that was – yeah, that was ego fulfilling. That was like yeah. good on me. <laughs> yeah. And once I'd done it, like I was doing my first big job in it and then everyone was going – so when are you going to be a director? Are you looking at producing? How are you going Never to be- enough. Yeah. And yeah. all of a sudden I was going, I don't well, – I can. I can be a director. I can do it. I'm capable. I don't want to mm. at all. And that's when it started to hit me of like, oh, I'm doing this to prove stuff to everyone else. I don't really care. Like yeah. I have – within myself I have a skill set to, to apply myself to whatever I want to and I've just spent the past few years applying myself – 
to prove to everyone else that yeah. look how good I am because I'm yeah. the youngest at this and really good at that and yeah. everyone give me praise yeah. and then all of a sudden the praise wasn't enough because they were going, what's next? What are you yeah. going to do next? So. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> just like it's just so like life before you get to that, before you get to the stage. Okay, so. Oh. <laughs> Excuse oh, the birds. <laughs> um, so you got to the stage where you where you realised all of that. So then how did you make the decision to move away from that? Um, I think I just needed a break. I needed a, a pause. So it was it was a slow thing. Um, the last job I did was overwhelming. It was too much. I spent five weeks away and I decided that I needed just time for me. Um, I wasn't liking where I was living. So I just decided I gave myself an ultimatum. So um, – because I knew about all this stuff, what you're calling red pill world, mm-hmm. I knew about it all. I knew how energy works, how the universe works, all that kind of stuff. I just was choosing not to do it, use it. Um, so I gave myself an ultimatum. I said, right, I'm going to quit all the jobs. I'm going to not take any more contracts. I'm going to leave my apartment in Sydney. I'm going to give myself, I think at the time it was three months. So I said, you've got three months to just throw yourself into this, the law of attraction, um, law of universes, energy work, meditations, everything, following the feeling, giving myself three months. And I also gave myself a bank limit. So I had um, savings and I set myself a limit of like, it can't reach. Once it reaches this number in the bank account, then I've got to go back to work. Then I've got to go do the thing. So that was my ultimatum to the universe of like, I'm going to do it your way. I'm going to do it the red pill way, whatever you want to yep. call it. I'm going to do it your way. You've got three months and this is my financial limit. Yeah. But apart from that, I'm in. And then we're like two years later now. Oh, so it's just awesome. Yeah. I love that because I think a lot of people when they start on this journey, they're like, you get really, well, I know I did, um, stuck in this, holy shit. I don't know what to do because what I'm doing now isn't fulfilling me and I'm actually aware of it. Yeah. <laughs> so if I keep doing it, it means that I'm aware that I'm doing things that make me feel like shit. Yeah. Right. So just I love that you set that ultimatum and you're like, but but it was time specific. Yes. And financially as well. Because yeah. a lot of people freak out and they think, I can't quit my job because if I do, then I'm not gonna have this income. And we have to survive. Like yeah. money is, it's a beautiful thing and it's there to help us live our life yeah. and serve others. Yeah. Um, so I think for anyone that's listening to this, I really hope that resonates with you. If you're starting to go through this and you're feeling unfulfilled and you're feeling like, um, like you want to make a change, pick a time, set a limit, both time-wise financially and just go for it but don't like half-ass go for it no yeah you have like I had to commit and I had to set myself up with this a team I guess of people that held me accountable so it couldn't be the people that I was trying to please it had to be people that I knew were in what we're calling the red pill life so yeah. I had one particular good girlfriend at the moment that I was like right this is what I'm doing you're holding me accountable for daily meditation and for xyz and just pulling on my kinesiologist and reaching out to go to retreats and and meditations and all this kind of stuff that I knew would ramp it up. It's like I just have to, yeah, commit. So how it. did you – something I've talked about this is finding people that are in this world because yeah. 
when you're surrounded by people that are living not in this consciousness, um, it's exhausting. <laughs> and they try and pull you in. They like, don't take the blue pill, don't take the red pill. Here, have more blue pills. Mm. Here, I'll buy them for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you were heavily in that world, but you still had a few people that you knew were like red pill people. Yeah, so I think I was very lucky that I've always had um, my mentor Mark since the age of thirteen. He's always been in my life. Whether so from it was, that meditation class, yeah, from that wow. meditation, and even to this day. So even though in Sydney he was more in the background, definitely in the background. Like I probably wouldn't speak to him for months, maybe a year or two at the time, but he was always there. So I knew that I could be like, here's someone yeah. that I can tap into. I'm very lucky as well. Like mum is um, into meditation, energy work and all this kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. she got it. And she probably, if anything, kept me one foot, one toe, even at least in where she would call me up every few months and ask me questions that I needed to ask my guides about she didn't want to ask me questions she yeah. wanted to ask my guides questions so that yeah. kind of kept that thin thread yeah you're so going. lucky yeah. that you had that mm. so what would you say if for someone going through this that doesn't have yeah that, that is like they're in and they they're so surrounded by blue they don't they didn't even know there was another red person out there yeah. like what would you what would your advice be to them I think we are so, so lucky to have social media Mm. these days. Um, Reach out Mm. to anyone on Instagram, Facebook that resonates with you, even if they're a total random, just send them the message because it starts the ball rolling. Um, Go to the meditation class. Go to – and this is actually one of the reasons my partner Murray and I hold free full moon and new moon meditations in Newcastle. It's kind of like – what you're calling the red pill or awareness or consciousness. It's like, I know you're nervous. I, I get it. That this is a bit scary. So come sit on a beach with like 300 other people mm. and we're all going to meditate, close our eyes, breathe a little bit and realize you're not the only one. Yeah. So go, go do the things and take that little leap of fear, like bite those two seconds of fear and just do it. Mm. Um, and then realize you're not, you're not alone. No, not at all. There's so many weird Weird people like us out there. <laughs> well, they're, they're, we're all we're all weird until we're all together. Then we're just all normal. Yeah, it's just a different normal. It's so yeah, it's so funny. Like with these the full moon meditations that I mentioned when I first moved back to Newcastle, I couldn't find anything. Mm-hmm. And then there was me and four other friends that went and sat on the beach, and it was kind of like, okay, cool, we are the weird ones in Newcastle. Four of us sitting on the beach. Last month in February, there was over five hundred people that came and sat on the beach. Oh my god! Yeah. 500 around about we kind of stopped counting but wow yeah and that was what two years ago yeah so in two years first one two years ago there were five people yeah but because you were consistent because you kept showing up because you believed in what you were doing yep because you didn't get scared by fear or judgment or anything like that you know two years later you're impacting 500 people yeah that just kept them on not feel alone yeah just kept on following the feeling and just making that space available for other people to show up for the first time a lot of people that come it's their first mm. time in meditating or sitting mm. in a group like that so it's just like oh I'm not the only one and then you can start exploring more yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I love what you said about following the feeling can mm. you just talk a bit more about that yeah. Because there's feelings and then there's ego. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. Feeling for me 
is that real, it's a little bit different for each people. Some people it's like that real gut instinct. For me, it feels more of a heart sensation of a flutter, a warmth, a tingling that kind of comes through my body. And for me, that's validation that I'm on the right track. I'm doing the right thing. Even when my mind is going, no, like Mm. be logical, go do Mm. something else over here. But if my body has got that sensation of effervescence or Mm. life or excitement, it's like, no, I've got to follow that. I love, actually, as soon as you said that, I was like, I felt it in my chest and I was Mm. like, that's where I know, like, if I, if I'm what you were talking about initially, trying to shoot for something that, well, actually, I don't really want to do that. Mm. Um, the pull for me comes right in the middle of my chest. Yeah. And I think if you can get that awareness physically about your body, so, but you do that by just taking time to be still. Yeah. By just sitting and breathing. And I, I mean, I'm not a massive meditator. I have got great excuses that I put out there and I'm going to own it. It's an excuse. Um, but I haven't prioritized doing it, but I still not like as a practice, but I will sit and take time. Even if I'm in the car just by myself, which doesn't happen regularly, but when I am, I'll often just sit and just breathe and just like check in with myself, with how I'm feeling. And I think that that can be one of the first things you do. So if you're starting down this and you're trying to figure out left from right and where you go, just stop <laughs> and tune into your body because if you're if you're feeling frantic, it's because your head is going crazy. Yeah. So if you just stop and tune into your body and just ask the question, how am I feeling right now? What would make me feel better? Yeah, definitely. Just That's something it. so simple yeah. like that. Um, so how do you differentiate between that, you know, truth and ego? Yeah. So I suppose I'm really lucky in the, what I've learned with kinesiology and muscle testing. Mm. So with muscle testing, if you don't know what it is, Google it, or my website has little videos that show you, but muscle testing for me, when my head gets too loud or in the way, I muscle test myself because the muscle testing is the direct biofeedback response from your limbic brain or subconscious. So there's no, the conscious mind can't interact with it, can't play with it. So yeah. it's, that's for me when I get really confused as to what's up or down or left or right, yeah. I come back to the muscle testing. And, okay. And trust so that. just quickly, because everyone's listening, this is going to want to know where to go. So yeah. what's your website? Renee Wilkinson. So R E N W E. W-I-L-K-I-N-S-O-N dot org. Okay. Yeah. So you can go there and find out everything about muscle testing. Yes. <laughs> and your full moon meditations are on there as yes. like when they're on. Yep. And Definitely. your socials, you can find you on Facebook and on Instagram at Renee Wilkinson. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Just slotting that in because I've just got a couple more questions before <laughs> I wrap it up. Um, what would you say the biggest challenge was uh, in – swapping from I mean I know you had the support from your mom Mm. um and your mentor so that would have been a massive help but one of the biggest challenges you came up I know for me it was I was had this massive fear of judgment from other people it was huge uh so what was the challenge for you and how did you overcome it yeah um judgment was one of them ego was another one that I had to play with because I had just jumped off this massive ego train Mm. of 
I'm cool. I'm getting paid lots of money. Everyone thinks I'm amazing. Like just jumped off this huge ego train to, that was probably my biggest challenge of then going into this world where people weren't quite sure what it is that I did, were questioning if I was good at it. Like Mm. there's lots of questions around. I had to prove myself Mm. all over again, probably, but yeah, I had to prove myself. And so Mm. that was challenging for me to go to my ego. Like this, it's, you're not important. The feeling is more important yeah. in this instance. Like, yeah. You've had you go. <laughs> I think to a certain extent, you don't have to prove yourself to other people, but it's it's about proving that you're true to what you claim you are. Yeah. I think yeah. that's a better way of putting it. I needed to, um, yeah, the things I was saying I could do, I needed to show that yeah. I could actually yeah. do Yeah, and I think, I mean, I know for me when I got into this whole world, um, it was it what everything that I was doing wasn't to prove to other people that I had awareness or, or that I didn't care about ticking boxes or anything like that anymore anymore. It was proving it to me. Hmm. Um, and by proving it to yourself, you automatically become that example that other people look at and they're like, huh, what is she doing? Hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So and what is from going to from what you were doing, mm-hmm. stroking your ego, <laughs> into where you are now, what has been one of the biggest, I don't know, gratitude, aha, whatever you want to call it, moments that you've had where you've just gone, I am so goddamn glad that I have made the choice that I have. Yeah, I think there's more moments than I can count yeah. <laughs> with that kind of thing, but it's the... Um, I suppose the sigh of relief that I had that I really do have control or direction, captainship of my yeah. life, that yeah. I can steer it, direct it a lot yeah. easier. Um, yeah, I suppose there's been lots of confirmations that I've been on the right track with certain people showing up in my life, certain people that I've been able to help. Um, yeah, certain people that have walked in the door that have had kinesiology or whatever with me and um when they leave the room it's just like thank you thank you for bringing that person thank you for Mm. making me be here to be able to work Mm. with that person it's just um it's the best feeling yeah like it's overwhelming and it's full-on as it is when you first get into it and you realize that everything's lie (laughs) (laughs) um when you get those moments you don't get them in no, the other world. No, you really, really, really don't. As long as you live in that, like it's non-existent awareness, you don't have those moments. No, um, because it's like you said, it's ego-driven. Yeah. So when you get into that, to the world where you're focusing on being true to yourself, and you have those moments, it's just like, like it's hard, it's hard to put into words. Hey, totally. It's like next level, but it's yeah. so good. So tell us a bit about your new. Um, expedition you and Murray doing your yoga center yeah so yeah we're calling it like a yoga event space we don't it's called the open mind space because that's the best way to describe it I love that yeah so there will be yoga there yeah um but it's literally the concept is to create a space for people to have access to open their minds yeah so like okay so if you're in Newcastle look no further we all have somewhere to go it's totally red pill friendly (laughs) so you can all just go there um so that will be when's that up and running uh fingers crossed by 
the 27th of April we'll have a grand opening day. 27th awesome. of April we're going to put in the diary and awesome. that'll happen. Awesome. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, just quickly before I wrap up, your website is reneewilkinson.org yeah. and people can find you on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, thank well, you. thank you thank for being you. here. And thanks for listening in, guys. I hope you got th- some gems out of this. And I know I certainly did. I still get them. It's it's awesome. And I uh, look forward to chatting to you next week. Bye.